0: Welcome to the Yacht Business Podcast. I'm David Fuller. In this episode, I talk to the team from Aquator Marine, a company that is making the business of managing a yacht simpler through digitization. I sat down with Gerben Visa, CEO, and Keegan Leslie, the business development manager, to learn more. But yeah, why don't we just get straight into it? You know, maybe,
1: Gerben, you can start with yourself. First of all, as you can hear from my accent, I'm originally from the Netherlands. I was in finance for about 12 years, uh, predominantly in uh, the Netherlands, the UK and in the US. Then moved to Singapore uh, 10 years ago and been in startups ever since, predominantly in the financial technology space. And then uh, back in 2019, I wanted to go back a bit also to my first love, which is boats, because I've sailed most of my life and fairly competitively, especially in the UK, uh, with also teams and really seeing behind the scenes how, you know, some challenges around managing a yacht and crew and project and, and projects around that. So that gave me a bit of a first-hand experience in, in managing yachts. And then, yeah, indeed, back in 2019, I, I thought, you know, I, I I think the learning curve I have and had, because we still have some f- fintech startups, has been very useful, um, but also therefore going back to my first love of yachts, I think there's a lot of commonality in re- respect of looking at uh, yacht from an asset perspective, or if you look at it from a stakeholder analysis and And then separately, we know, we did back in 2019 a landscape of all the software solutions out there and also really talking to a lot of the different um, users from owners to job managers, charter guys, crew, and just understanding, okay, what workflow, what tools do they use? I think what, what came very clear was that there's a, quite a lot out there, but it's all very specialized in particular or, or trying to address particular issues. And so if it's either purely on the maintenance or if it's purely hours of work and rest within compliance. Now, and that kind of whole analysis we did and, and that landscaping and, and terminology like heat mapping we did we came about, you know, the business model for a quarter. So that's that's kind of how it all started.
0: I imagine the, the biggest piece of software was probably Excel, okay. was it?
1: Yeah, exactly. And and that's very interesting, actually, when you do that user testing and so forth, you, you get from the weird and the wonderful. So indeed, you get people say, you know, yeah, but logbooks books are in paper that's been done for centuries. And uh, why uh, don't change the winning team or, you know, don't fix it when it's not broken. But indeed, I think regarding Excel, it's still widely used. But in the end, I think Excel serves a very good purpose for financial modeling and so forth. But it's not how you... You do project managing or trying to keep track of uh, equipment of an uh, of a large vessel with all the complications or the the details uh, um, required. Excel has a, has a great uh, it serves a great purpose, but but not really to to manage the yacht.
0: Keegan, you've you've also got a, a yachting background. You started at started at the bottom, I guess, in a, in a way. Tell us tell us your journey.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I kind of bring bring a bit of a fresh perspective to a I mean, obviously, Herbin coming from, you know, the financial sector, banking, startups uh, and, and tech and things like that. I come from more of a crew perspective. Yeah, very right. I started out as a deckhand, worked my way up to chief officer on, uh, you know, 50, 60 meter yachts. Um, I, I hold my, you know, chief, chief officer 3000 MCA ticket. You know, so I went through the whole rigmarole of getting all of that and everything and you know throughout my career i've managed some some big you know multi-million-dollar refits done charters from the bahamas to the med all up and down the caribbean and actually quite interestingly i did a, a crossing actually from spain to angola which was very interesting uh dodging pirates and having security on board was was was, was a th- three weeks of hell
0: <laughs> yeah interesting from a product product point of view it's always it's interesting to uh, to make sure that you have someone you know who's who understands the customer, as you say, and can build a product that that's responding to customers' needs, as opposed to designing a solution and then going looking for uh, looking right. for a problem.
1: You're absolutely right. So it's identifying very clearly what are the problem statements and what solutions are out there, and then sometimes most importantly, how do you look at an, a batch of problem statements so that you can really provide a broader value proposition. So, and I think within yachts, luckily, because the yachting industry is quite niche and you can really uh, identify clearly kind of, especially from the stakeholders regarding a yacht. And let's let's look at yachts say 24 meters and above so classified as super yachts. So if you look at what does an owner, what are the the challenges regarding an owner? And that might be on the reporting, the financials, the understanding of tracking and monitoring of how crew is progressing. Then also how do you look at it what are the different problem statements or challenges that a captain has, or indeed the crew, or perhaps on the shore the, the yacht manager, yeah, or from a surveyor and inspection perspective. Now, so I think if you look at those personas and you really look at their profile, what are their roles and responsibility in respect of a vessel? You can quite clearly uh, map out what their activities are and then also seeing okay, what are the solutions they're using. And, and where are there ways to, to improve that? So I think that's, and that's, of course, with software quite uh, quite uh, interesting. And also, I think if you look at how software and how users these days use software, uh, yeah, that has moved on and, 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 um, and can be very, you can be now very customer-centric with software. And so, and that's um, that's also what we try. you know, there are a number of these software principles that we're really applying within, uh, within our platform
0: yeah, but you still need to have it in such a way that that it's efficient, that it's not yeah. taking. Uh, I mean, I, for example, let's use. Uh, you know, I've I've used various CRM systems, and I know that you know, and, and from a sales point of view, most salespeople hate using CRM systems because it's just yes. a- admin they'd rather not not do, even though it's important yeah. for the rest of the business. So I guess you need to incorporate it into the workflow in such a way that the. Whoever's using it is not saying, Oh, do I really have to update yeah. the system?
1: You want the software to work for you and not that you're working for the software and and therefore around data inputting or the challenge is I think if you look at complex business processes regarding Yachts, how do you simplify that in software, first of all? And then, and then secondly, from a customer perspective, how do you make it intuitive and easy to use? And then you know, then you talk about um the user experience, the the, the design and, and so forth. So that it's that it's that people find it pleasant to work with the software and, and optimize it according to their needs. And therefore you need to be able to, you know, the, the, the software need to be able to with a high degree of personalization, besides that we also offer for example, even custom development for for a yacht the way we go about and i think most software companies in you know in, in any other industry as well that we have a, an, a platform for the yacht itself that's what we call a yacht plan and then on top of that we have all kind of modules uh, because a one size fits all also doesn't apply in yachting obviously and you want people also to go through a learning curve and they might have have certain requirements or preferences and therefore if you do it modular they can add up like a, a crew management, or they can uh, add an accounting module, or the ISM module. So, so that's I think a better experience also over time to you know to build a relationship with the customer and and where they see then the value of our software.
0: Yeah, and as you say, Keegan, some in some places you might even have security as an element that you might not have had twenty years ago fending off pirates might not have been on the list of, of yacht management tasks.
2: That's really where, where I, I, I believe I come in quite nicely for a quarter is, you know, I've been on the other side. I know all the pain points. I've seen, you know, particularly with ISM and the, you know, flag compliance and, and managing your, your safety management system on board, which also, you know, ties into the security aspect of things. Some people are doing it really well. Um, and then on, on, the, on the flip side, the majority of people are kind of just guessing. And we're really trying to, you know, optimize those processes, make it really easy for captain and crew and yacht manager to just, you know, it's, it's just simple to put in, you know, your drills and you manage that and, and, and just tracking of your certificates and doing your hours of work and rest correctly. Um, these are all key elements, um, you know, that fits into that safety management system that can, can be improved in the industry, and we, we're hoping to do that, you know. As these boats get bigger,
0: it used to be that I'm I'm more from the sailing side than the super yacht side, but 30 feet used to be normal, and then it was 40 feet, and then it was 50 feet. um, These yachts are are effectively, you know, small businesses or even large businesses they've got number of staff they've got more staff than most small businesses they've got more suppliers than most small businesses yeah. um and they've probably got more regulatory and compliance um yeah. requirements than most most businesses yeah. do so as as you say a, a spreadsheet isn't necessarily going to cut it
2: taking one one random example i mean mo- most most vessels you know fifty meters which is kind of the average size these days <laughs> is running you know annually on 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 a couple of million million dollars a year you know so it's not a small it's not chump you know, change at all. Um, and, and like you mentioned, they've got to manage all the crew, they've got to manage all the compliance aspects that are continuously changing. Legislation, particularly for yachting, is continuously changing, you know. Um, so so we're really trying to, you know, optimize these processes. Um, and, and that's really why we try to, you know, develop this single sign-on platform that try to covers all aspects of yacht management holistically. Um, to try and, you know, address these pain points and get a better solution. I noticed you've got a lot of integrations, and, and
0: that's one of the things that creating software over the last few years has become a bit easier, you know, right. through APIs and and the ability to be able to not have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to something yeah. like foreign exchange. You can just do an API into WISE or Revolut or something like that and yeah. and build something out more easily. How's, yeah. how's that affected your your program in terms of developing the software
1: yeah for us i, I think the uh, the the integrations are very important i mean technically for us it's quite straightforward because if you look at our tech stack and the underlying um, solutions we use to to build these native integrations is is, uh, quite straightforward. But indeed, for the customer, I think it's very important because when we speak to uh, uh, potentially yacht managers or so people that run certain companies, they have already certain legacy systems sometimes in place. And for whatever reasons, they might want to keep it. And therefore, with an integration, we can um, make the data work more seamlessly. Uh, and therefore, we can help them with mapping of their workflows and identify where their efficiencies are uh, uh, to be gained. Yeah. And separately, also, I think we want to offer a, a holistic solution. And therefore, you know, if they want to have a Dropbox or a Google uh, Drive installed, then we can do so. Or if it's indeed a CRM system like a HubSpot, then we can do so as well. So it, uh, it just—it's a broader value proposition in the end if you can op- offer integrations.
0: If you don't have to throw out the legacy systems and you can continue some of those processes, as you say, easier to develop an integrated solution without having to build it from from scratch. What are some of the emerging technologies that you think will will impact the the yacht management space in the next sort of three to five years? I'm thinking things like IoT or blockchain, even.
1: There, there, there's a lot that we're now seeing, a lot of different startups also applying in new, new technologies. I think, first of all, the overriding aspect, I think that everybody needs to be very conscious is still about data privacy and the cyber security. And well, it hasn't been really discussed too much in the industry. But if you look at how much private information is still being sent over emails and with it, and, and sitting in Excel sheets. So I think that oh, okay. as technology or, or as a business, you really need to address first and foremost. Of course, our business model is SaaS, so you have an, uh, with annual subscriptions and you can really um, add users or yachts and, 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 uh, um, and build out and scale your business. So I think that's an important um, model and, and trend in technology. Uh, that we're using, like I think, on for the industry at large. I think we see a lot around the IoT and sensing. So there are a number of startups now working on on uh, on real time, having access to all the data in regarding of um, you no know, builds or, or or security cameras and bringing all that data into uh, into one one application. And that would also work very well with our solution because. If you can monitor all the uh, data real time, and then also plan against, for example, maintenance schedules. So when, 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 when you have the accurate numbers on the engine hours, you can know when the next servicing needs to take place, or certain ex- in, inspections. So I think on the sensing side, we see a lot, and of course, we see also a lot around the electrification. You know, for for sustainable reasons, and of course, the whole uh, batteries and. And, and the digital uh, digital side of uh, of the equipment is really taking uh, you know there's a lot of um, development taking place. And, and and I think also as a software company we can capitalize on because there's more data available for for us to put into our application and enrich the system. and then people to be more data driven in their decision makings, you know. And also trying yeah, to make the data available and, and visual through dashboards so that it's more intuitive for people to say, okay, I need to take, you know, uh, this is a notification or a track clear, I need to spend some more time on this or that instead of that that data is buried. And what about things like
0: tokenization of, of assets and, and things like that using, using blockchain? Is that something that's being looked at?
1: Yeah. Well, we, we know well, one or two companies that definitely look at fractional ownership and how can uh, you know, tokenization and these 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 general ledgers or blockchain, how can that be used uh, for certificates and and, sh- and shares and so forth. And again, it's been quite widely applied or tested and to an extent, I guess, validated in other assets like real estate. I think for yachts particular, of course, there's still this challenge around the, the capacity utilization because how many yachts, are being used um, efficiently throughout the year or the season not only by the owners but also th- with charter so if you would have if you indeed have a fractional ownership and that capacity goes up then for sure justification and 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 opportunities to to apply um, you know tokenization blockchain solutions for that
0: and what about on the insurance side? I know that in health insurance, they're using things like NFTs. Is, is that being used in the marine industry?
1: Well, I think insurance is a very interesting uh, sector, obviously. I mean, I, I think as a whole, and it's been, of course, quite traditional in the past because of you know insurance, in, in essence, is risk mitigation. And I think that's also a big part of the culture, to be frank. So innovation, if you look in the financial industry, insurance took definitely some time to uh, to pick up. But I think there's a huge opportunity in in marine uh, insurance as well, and, and on, on collating data. And I think, and back to our previous uh, topic around d- digital data, yeah, if that digital data becomes available to to insurance companies, uh, then you see uh, that they can on the actuary side can make better risk uh, assessments price perhaps that risk more real-time and give more bespoke uh, insurance policies to yacht owners, you know. At the moment, it's still quite broad and general. Uh, but if you look at what we call insure-tech startups, you see a lot of them trying to look be super data-driven and personalize those uh, insurance uh, products. Um, yeah, and, and I think that that will definitely uh, has a lot of use cases in the, in the, in the yachting industry too.
0: If you've got a sailboat and you're racing it every weekend, then that's a very different story to um, having it sitting in the marina you know, yeah. 50, 51 weeks a year, 51 weeks of the year. Coming back to your software, if you can prove, if you like, that the, the usage of the, of, the, of the vessel is in a certain way. Then that can feed into some of those insurance products to sort of say, okay, well, this is how we tick the boxes in terms of the compliance, or this is how we tick the boxes in yeah. terms of the, the safety. But it's yeah. all it's all steps, isn't it? It's easy to run rush ahead and run ahead on the roadmap.
1: Okay, I think there's still a lot of pain points that are quite core to even the uh, basics of of a uh, plan maintenance systems and how do you right. really uh, provide a strong solution that that people can start with uh, and to really change. The, their workflow but also their behavior yeah and the way they are then able to be edu- and and that they start implemented and and the way they can collaborate and share fully digital I think that that there's still a learning curve and I think that's uh, that's also where a lot of the opportunity currently still lies. You're based in Singapore, am, yeah. am I correct? <laughs> that's correct yeah how's the how's the
0: asian market going from a from a super yacht point of view because it's yeah. it's often i'm sitting in europe and it's often forgotten yeah. about not talked right. about what's going on over that side of the world but i'm assuming it's growing
1: well it depends a bit what what metrics you look at but but in general obviously the, the asian market is very small compared to the met or, or say uh, uh, miami fort lauderdale in, in respect of boats or people working in the yachting industry but I think relatively speaking, it's definitely grown a lot of the last five, seven years and throughout all the way from, say, China and Hong Kong to, you know, to, to Indonesia. I think there are a number of factors that I think, uh, of course, a lot of ultra wealth uh, individuals here. I think this whole trend around explorer yachts and new territories, um, you see it also on government level, kind of if you look at Thailand or Indonesia, understanding that yacht the yachting industry is part of the tourism and you need to be able to offer licenses for chartering and have to build in uh, and, and proactively look at public-private initiatives around the infrastructure like marinas and so forth so i think asia definitely is uh, is is growing i think the interest also from from uh, from europe and the us to to come and do um, cruising in 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 Asia or into into the Pacific is uh, is uh, yeah is, is 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 very encouraging and therefore being in Singapore is actually quite a good uh, good base for myself. And just finally, what's the sweet spot for
0: you guys? I think you said to me um, earlier you're sort of looking at a, a certain length of vessel. What, what are yeah. you
1: targeting in terms of your your sweet spot? Our focus is very much on say 24 meters and above because then of course you. You have a yacht that's normally professionally run, there's a captain, there's a couple of crew, and, and of course, also regulation and ISM really comes into play, especially 24 up to, say, 50 meters is also a bit of an unaddressed market because if it's over 50 meters, then I think a lot of the yacht managers uh, will be uh, insourced. Uh, You you also talk about full ISM, the complexity increases a lot. So between this 24 and 50 meters, there are a lot of vessels, either private or chartered, that definitely could benefit from uh, from you know, software solutions like ourselves.
0: Good stuff. Okay. All right, guys. Uh, thank, well, thank you so much. much. Thanks, yeah. Kevin. All Thanks, right. Keegan. Appreciate yeah, it. Cheers, mate. More information can be found in the show notes and on the website yachtbusiness.biz. As a bonus for this episode, an excerpt from the Palot Podcast, in which Corey Smith and I talk about how VR and AR technology can be used to display and sell very large things like yachts. This week is Boot. 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 Boot Boot is the Dusseldorf boat show. It's one of the biggest, if not the I biggest I like
3: Das boot,
0: yes, so it's if not the biggest boat show in the world, it's one of the one of the biggest boat shows in the world. and I was watching a video of um a princess yacht which was being moved. it had to go across the North Sea, had to go up the Rhine, yeah had to then be loaded onto um with a massive crane it had to be loaded onto this sort of tractor trailer thing, driven into the exhibition space, mounted in the exhibition space. And then the whole thing is going to have to be done in reverse to get it out again. What's the name of the boat? 20 meters or something. It's a big, it's a big super yacht style thing. Princess Yachts. Princess. I'm, I'm going
3: to find it.
0: If you go to my LinkedIn, you'll see that I commented on a video from Princess Yachts. Interestingly enough, I'm also working with a Danish company that do uh, VR and AR, and they're working with the oil and gas industry and wind farms and a whole bunch of things to be able to create virtual models of very very large things and then instead of having to take your very very large thing into a trade show you just take your vr goggles to the trade show and you walk your person around the very very large thing at the trade show in in virtual reality and there's a couple of big yacht companies that are doing that at dusseldorf this this year Hmm. Um, they've actually built virtual marinas with virtual boats and they're walking people around them now let me ask
3: you something as a long time marketing guru uh someone who i do respect in the marketing field and somebody who knows quite a bit about vr um have have you tried this have you tried these goggles in in any form
0: yes yeah i've seen the goggles i mean some of these guys are doing it um, from again going back to the the pandemic they're doing it just in 2d on a browser
3: from an experience standpoint because you know like a buying a luxury yacht that's a premium purchase do you think that the vr is as impactful of an experience as or do you think it's a uh, experience that's as good as for the from the marketing or the the sales standpoint as do, bringing the yacht there
0: so there's a few things going on One, again, it goes back to the, well, why are we doing it this way? Because we've always done it this way.
3: Right, right.
0: Right. We've always just stuck a big boat in a big shed. And let's face it, Dusseldorf in January is not warm. And it sounds sounds exciting. Yeah, I want to go and buy a super yacht, but I don't want to go and sit in Dusseldorf in January to look around a boat in a big, cold shed. Fair, Um, fair. fair. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I get it. I'd much rather go to the Dubai Boat Show, which is in March the 2nd, I think, March 2nd and 3rd in Dubai, and wander around a boat in the sun, in the warm. That would be a more useful experience. You know, you can put in your smaller boats, the ones that you can put on the back of a truck, and you just. but if it's something that you literally have to sail across the sea to get it to the exhibition centre, there's some big sustainability problems with that as well, right? In terms of the amount of fuel that you're burning, both on the transport and on everything else. I figure if you can build a pretty decent model in VR, I'll send you a link. There's a French catamaran company that's doing it pretty well, not in VR, but they're doing it on a, so on a browser, you go in and you, it's like Google maps. You walk around inside the boat and the finishes look quite good. You can see the textures of things. You can see what it would look like from certain places on the boat, what the view is out certain windows, where the beds would be. So it's like a, it's the same as a brochure. If you buy a, boat off a brochure which some people do yeah or you buy a house off plan or you buy a a card by seeing the the spec sheet and why wouldn't you use vr and
3: I, i assume for people that buy these type of things that's probably not uncommon
0: i mean sales has been done on in catalogs for years yeah that's that's true you know, you see the widget in the catalogue and you go, yeah, I'll have 20,000 of those. Well, this, you can have it in your hand in 3D in virtual reality or or augmented reality. So the augmented reality case study is, let's say you've got the hull of a boat and that boat is in situ in the, in the exhibition. You can use an iPad or an iPhone to do an X-ray of the hull of that boat, see through the hull to what's inside the engine compartment or the uh, struts or the engineering configurations, which gives you an extra level of understanding that you couldn't explain if you didn't have AR. So, you know, VR and AR have got two different user cases. I think there's a very big sustainability and cost-saving play on the VR side for very big things. You know, if you're talking mining trucks or wind farms or to fly someone to a wind farm (laughs) in the middle of the North Sea to show them what the wind farm looks like and how it works, yeah, incredibly expensive and dangerous, potentially dangerous exercise. <laughs> right. If you can build that entire wind farm in 3D and walk them through it in a safe environment, and they don't have to get cold, it sounds. It seems like a no-brainer to me.
3: Yeah, and I think that's the application for that. Is this your thing for 2023? AI. Yes, VR? one of them. One of. Them.
0: That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening, and thanks for all your comments and feedback and emails. To find out more about how VR and AR can fit into your yacht business, get in touch. The Yacht Business Podcast is produced by Pilot Media for Pilot Media Network.